I have to admit it, but maybe this Calgary Flames team is for real. And what's Coach Dallas Eakins doing now? All right, let's hit the music. You're locked on Ducks, your daily podcast on the Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everyone, to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez, covering hockey for over a decade. Thank you for making this your first listen of the day. And thanks to all of you that have made this the most listened to month already. We're already on the 16th, and it's the 15th, rather, 16th. And it is the most listened to month in the show's history. So thank you all once again for that. Just a reminder that this podcast is free and available across all platforms. And you can find me on Twitter at StimpyJD. All right, so let's get things started and talk about the game that took place earlier tonight against the Calgary Flames. It, it wasn't good. The Calgary Flames came out firing and a little bit of background. So I talked about the Calgary Flames with Jess Balmasto on yesterday's podcast. And we had kind of a preview about it where Calgary looks like a different team now with everyone back from covid that's the big thing. Calgary had a lot of players that were under COVID protocol. And they were not playing for a while. Now everyone's back. And they picked up Tyler Toffoli. So this team looks better than ever. And they were coming in firing on all cylinders. In fact, the Calgary Flames don't look now, but they're in first place. So they came into this game winning seven in a row, looking to win their eighth in a row. And they got off to a hot start firing on all cylinders. Dylan Dubé scored his sixth of the season. And this was after the Ducks did not convert on a four-minute power play. Yeah, it was a long power play. And that was because Elias Lindholm hurt Jamie Drysdale, caused Drysdale to bleed just 30 seconds into the game. So the Ducks had a four-minute power play, only got one shot on goal. Let me repeat that. One shot on goal in a four-minute power play. That wasn't good. So the Ducks finished that power play. They were empty. Then Dylan Dubé scored a minute after that power play ended. So one nothing Flames. 30 seconds later, Adam Rizika. He got at first four minutes for making Shattenkirk bleed, but it winds up being an elbowing penalty, which was still pretty bad. So the Ducks go on another power play. And they don't score on that power play. So immediately after that, Adam Henrique gets called for slashing. Not a whole lot of even strength time on this game to begin with. But Elias Lindholm, who did get the four-minute penalty, he came back and scored on the power play his 20th of the season. That made it 2-0 Calgary. And right away, I'm beginning to think, oh, maybe this isn't going to work out because the Ducks, they they just didn't have it from the get-go. Calgary outshot them, outran them, pretty much outplayed them for the majority of the game. I will give credit. The Ducks did almost get a tic-tac-toe goal on their third power play, where it was, I think it was Milano got in there with the pass, and Ricard Raquel just missed the net. I thought that could have been a turning point for the Ducks, but it just wasn't meant to be. Especially because the Ducks were missing at least one key finisher that was not on the lineup, you know what I'm going to say. Max Comtois, he wasn't there, and he's a pretty good finisher. In fact, he was a big finisher for the Ducks last season. No Sam Steele either. Okay, I could kind of understand Sam Steele because he has been struggling. Comtois has been battling injury. But to leave both of them out, 
Oh boy, especially Comtois, who had been looking better before the break. And then we're back from the break, and all of a sudden he's not playing. So I don't know if anything's going on. There's been no reports of anything going on with Comtois. He has been practicing with the team. He has been out there, but he's been scratched the last couple of games. The game against Seattle and the game against the Flames. He was scratched. Okay, so what's happening there? We honestly don't know. It's a question amongst the entire team. So what's Dallas Eakins doing? Who knows? But either way, we move on to the following period, the second period, and things kind of looked up momentarily. Sonny Milano scored on a pretty nice goal, his 10th of the season. So Milano reaches double digits. It's 2-1 Calgary. And then after that, it was the Flames just pouring it on. Lindholm scored his second of the game. This was a nice goal, by the way, for Lindholm, his second of the game. Everybody passed it perfectly, especially Elias Lindholm, who self-passed to himself for a second of the game. And this is a great setup by Johnny Goodrow to even get it out of their own defensive zone. And he then passed it to a pretty move, like quick-moving Rasmus Anderson, who got it quickly to Elias Lindholm. Lindholm went down the middle of the ice, bounced it off the boards, and he was looking to pass it off to someone else, but it missed. So the puck went off the boards, landed back on his own stick. Lindholm beat everyone else on that play. The Ducks' defense just did not look good at that point. And that was Lindholm's 21st of the season. That made it 3-1 to one Calgary. That was a bad one. And that also looks bad when you consider that Isaac Lundestrom got beat right there. Getze, he got beat right there. Raquel, he got beat pretty badly on that play. And Soy and Troy Terry, he was beat. But boy, Greg Patteron and Cam Fowler, that was a bad, bad sequence for them. Because just less than a minute after that goal, Matthew Kachuk scored on the power play. That made it 4-1 to Calgary. And at that point, I said, yeah, this game's over. It felt like it was over at that point. It was 4-1. Lundestrom did score his 12th of the season after that, making it 4-2. Then Goudreau, his 20th of the season. And for just for good measure, bread. Andrew Mangiapane likes bread. 6-2 was a score. That's your final score up at the Saddle Dome. I'll talk a little bit more about the Ducks defense after the first intermission, but first let's talk about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar around. And folks, if you're like me, then you've probably made some New Year's resolutions for yourself. And the best resolution is to eat a healthy, nutritious snack that gives you plenty of protein, not a lot of sugar, and not a lot of calories. I'm talking about Built Bar, of course. And also check out their marshmallowy Built Puffs which are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, and they are delicious. With some of my favorite flavors, including the lemon cheesecake one and the churro puff, two of my favorite flavors of all time. And yes, they're 100% real chocolate. That's right, covered in 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein, they are delicious. So if you want to try them for yourself, Head over to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. Coming up after the intermission, we'll talk about the defense, or lack thereof. We'll get to that on the other side. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we have a post-game pod after the Ducks fall to the Calgary Flames by a final score of 6-2. to two. That score looks bad, and if you're a Ducks fan, they just got their butts kicked on this game. But I want to talk about the defense a little bit on this game, or as I said before, the lack thereof, this was bad. First off, we didn't see Jamie Drysdale for a while because he did get bloodied the first 30 seconds of the game. So he was out for a while. He missed the majority of that first period. So you were kind of running short with only Benoit, Shattenkirk, Lindholm, Patterson, and Fowler. And even then, Patterson didn't play a whole lot on the power plays. So we saw a lot of Cam Fowler, a whole lot of Hampus Lindholm, and a bit of Kevin Shattenkirk before he took a high stick himself. So, or not a high stick, no, Shattenkirk got elbowed, but he was bloodied. So Shattenkirk had to miss a little bit of time as well. So we just saw a heaping helping of Hampus and Cam Fowler. But, oh boy, let's talk about Fowler and Patterson on that. And this is mostly on Greg Patterson, where he just completely lost track of Lindholm. Sorry, not Hampus Lindholm, Elias Lindholm, the Calgary Lindholm. Patterson just lost track of his man. And if Patterson does a better job of sticking with Elias, then he probably could have got a stick on that puck and could have prevented that third Calgary goal. But no, that did not happen. So the Flames score their third. But then the Ducks go on a penalty kill. And guess who's back out there? Patterson and Fowler. Okay. Maybe this worked. Oh, no, it did not work. Kachuk scored his 23rd. So that was another play, by the way. That fourth goal. Where Patterson and Fowler, they weren't completely 100% on their assignment. And I don't want to say anything bad because I still they're still NHLers. But they were missing plays around the middle of that second period. And they just weren't skating well. The awareness wasn't completely there. For those particular plays. So those lapses in defense. That cannot happen. That absolutely cannot and should not happen. Especially when you have. You know other guys that are not out there. It's usually Shattenkirk and Lindholm. On the PK. But we saw a lot of Patterson And Fowler on the PK. And it just wasn't working. It really was not working. So they were responsible for. The majority of the goals tonight. Unfortunately. And that's something that needs to be addressed which with Coach Eakins. You know, maybe they got to deploy someone else on defense. I mean, I know that the Ducks are a little bit shorthanded on defense right now because Manson is out right now. He is on the injured reserve or injured list, whatever you want to call it. So Manson is out. Usually Manson is out there. So who do you put on the, on the PK? Well, I guess Greg Patron is out there, but... How about putting Benoit out there or maybe Jamie Drysdale? Look, Drysdale is a responsible defenseman. I wouldn't mind seeing Jamie Drysdale out there on the penalty kill. Not at all. So that's one thing that could be addressed as far as defense is concerned. And boy, Hampus Lindholm, he was on the heavy minutes tonight. 25 and a half minutes. The most ice time of anyone from both teams. So he was out there a lot. Cam Fowler saw 22 and a half minutes. There's got to be some kind of change if the Ducks are going to be successful at all on their next game, which is against the Edmonton Oilers. So that needs to be addressed. 
Also, what needs to be addressed is the offense, and especially looking at these lines. Okay, let's let's have honesty hour here. Top two lines are fine. Henrique gets Loft Terry. That line should always be together, no matter what. Milano, Zegers, Raquel. That line should not be punished for any of the other line's shortcomings, and they should not be held responsible for some of the ineptness on the defense. They shouldn't. But that's exactly what happened tonight is Raquel Zegers Milano. They did get skipped a shift. And again, I saw Twitter going a little bit wacky here. Like, oh, here we go again. Coach Dallas Eakins giving Pat Verbeek the whole experience. It's happening again. And yet here we are. Yeah. Yippee skippy. Looking at the metrics, looking at the advanced stats, the Raquel Zegers Milano line was the best line out there. And thanks to Nat Statrick for this, they were the only team that had a positive Corsi 4 percentage relative to their defense or their Corsi allowed. They allowed six attempts against four. And this is even strength. And even on the power play, they were terrific. Like I said, Raquel just missed a goal and that could have turned things around in the first period. It was close. There was a post there as well. Also, also, did you notice that Zegers was getting double teamed there? And at one point, he was getting triple teamed. So teams are really zeroing in on Trevor Zegers and trying to prevent any of his playmaking. And even despite him getting getting double teamed and triple teamed, they were still on the positive as far as Corsi 4 relative percentage. So that's saying a lot. It's saying two things. One, teams are beginning to figure out how to defend against that dynamic Ducks offense. Two, that line needs to be out there more often. They should not be benched for any reason under any circumstance. And yet we're seeing certain other lines get playing time relative to what what they should be getting. Frankly, that line should be getting the most minutes. Should, should, should. But Dallas Eakins is opting to not do that. That's whatever. It it is what it is. It's the Dallas Eakins experience. And this is the one thing that I've been afraid of since September, even August. Back when I made those, you know, now I admit, I mean, the videos were a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, it was a stupid thing I said. But the basis for me saying that is because of the coaching decisions of Dallas Eakins, where he has a tendency to bench some of the young guys, or he has a tendency to not play them at all. That's what I'm really afraid of, to be honest. So it's it's happening again. It's happening again. It happened last season, happened earlier this season. It's happening once again. Coach Dallas Eakins probably has 32 more games left in his Ducks tenure. Yep. All right, I'm going to leave you with that for the next couple of minutes while we head into our next ad break. So let's talk about betonline.net, which is where the game starts. And football season just ended, but that doesn't mean you can't find the latest lines on basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, and a plethora of other sports. So to check out the latest lines and also check out the latest news, podcasts, head over to Bet Online. It's the best spot for all of that. There's also player performance props, the latest odds, where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net 
has all of that. So head over to the website today, either on your mobile device or on your laptop to learn more about the trends and action, once again, at betonline.net, the exclusive online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. And this is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Yeah, Rock Auto is back. They have all the parts your car will ever need. Why pay full price at a big box store when you could pay half of that or less than half of that at rockauto.com? They have oil. They have wipers. They have floor mats. They even have some lamps and lights there. So whatever you need, if you're a fixer-upper yourself, if you if you think you could do a little bit of fixer-upping yourself on your car, then head over to rockauto.com right now. And in the How Did You Hear About Us box, Tell them that Locked On Ducks sent you. Once again, that is rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. All right. I got a song out. I'm I'm not completely sad. I'm sad enough. I mean, aside from the Ducks losing, Team USA, whoo boy. I'll, I'll save that for the last minute. <sighs> the Calgary Flames are for real. I said that on yesterday's podcast. I admitted this to the Flames host, Jess Balmasto, who has been kind of getting like getting at me a little bit, saying like, yeah, like you said it. You finally said it. Like, yeah, I know. They're for real. Look, we could talk about the Ducks defense all we want and talk about the lack of certain players. Where's Max Comtois? Look at that third line. Just let's look, look at it for a hot second. Derek Grant, Isaac Lundestrom, Jakob Silverberg. Silverberg has struggled a lot recently. Derek Grant is out there. I would like to see Comtois on that third line. I think Comtois, Lundestrom, Silverberg would create a little bit of dynamic offense. And it would create some good opportunities. So I don't see any reason why you shouldn't put Comtois out there on that third line. And maybe he'll help Silverberg score a little bit more this season. And Lundestrom, Lundestrom has, has, he's been fine. He's had a great few last games. He did have a couple of bad lapses in this particular outing. But, you know, having that individual effort on a couple of those plays look really good. And that's what you want to see from your third line center. You want to see the efforts out there. You want to see the sheer just barrel your way in there. Get a shorthanded goal. That was the one where I said, hey, this could maybe be a catalyst for shorties in the future. This could be a catalyst for that PK unit. And Lundestrom getting that shorthanded goal... I thought was brilliant. He kind of barreled his way in there. He he did a really nifty thing. And I'll just point this out right now. Where he protected the puck on himself. He used that big body of his to gain good protection. And he was fantastic, you know, getting past Noah Hannafin, getting past Kylington, and especially getting past Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, Toffoli had a good game, just except for that portion of it. You know, Lundestrom made that an individual effort, and beat all of them. All of them. So, that I'm okay with. But that fourth line of Delorier, Carrick, and Robinson. Carrick is fine, but Carrick did miss a game. And by the way, congrats to Sam Carrick on the birth of his second child. So, just want to send my congrats to Sam Carrick. So, you know, he did miss some practice. He did miss a game. You know, just what it is. Delorier, he's there to fight. Buddy Robinson, he's an extra body there. But he's Buddy Robinson. So, I don't know. Dallas Eakins, 
should shuffle around his lineup tomorrow. He's got to find a solution, and the solution would be to probably play Sam Steele and Max Comtois because what they have right now is clearly not working. As far as defense, look, they're a little bit shorthanded without Manson. That's what they have to roll with right now. They have to roll with Pattern, and they have to roll with him often. I mean, what are they going to do? Are they going to play Jacob Larson on defense again? We saw how that worked before. We saw the Jacob Larson experience. Yeah, it wasn't good. It just wasn't. So we'll see what lines the Ducks have in store. One other thing that I wanted to leave last, and I purposely left this last. John Gibson left the game midway through the second period, where at the time some folks were saying, "Uh uh-oh, was he hurt? No, he's fine. Gibby's fine. It just looked like the Ducks were not going to win that game, and it was the right call. In fact, this is from Eric Stevens at Iceman Cometh. And this is what Dallas Eakin said on pulling John Gibson. Quote, He was dealing with nothing. I'm big on odds and percentages. The chances that we were going to come back were low, so I'd rather have him rested and ready for tomorrow. End quote. Okay, so there you go. That's it. Don't worry. Gibby's not hurt. He just didn't have the best game, and the defense certainly did not help him out on this one at all. And it was 4-1 to at the time, so Eakin said, you know what, may as well just pull Gibby now, put in Anthony Stolarz. And by the way, I will give a lot of credit to Anthony Stolarz because he came in on a difficult spot, and he stopped 21 of 22 shots. Mm. Yeah, it, it was it was just one of those games. That, that's what it was. There was an empty netter there. Stolarz did a good job. He did good in 31 and a half minutes of ice time. And I, I like Anthony Stolarz a lot. He's one of my favorite players on the Ducks roster. But, you know, he was just put in a bad spot. I don't think he will start on the game against Edmonton. I think it'll be John Gibson. So we'll see if he can rebound from this particular game. And maybe the Ducks can solve Mike Smith out in Edmonton. So we'll see how that goes. All right. uh, One quick thing before we wrap up for the evening, I did mention that I did watch the majority of this game. And for the third period, I watched partially the Ducks game and partially the gold medal game between U S and Canada on the women's hockey side. And I'll, I'll just, I'll just say it like Canada was the better team. They, they were, they were hungrier and they had better coaching and all those players had been together for a while. And in case you haven't heard, Team Canada defeated Team USA in the gold medal game in women's hockey, 3-2. to two. You know, just another one of those things. Canada definitely was hungrier, and they certainly remembered what took place four years ago. But it's not the same Team USA team. They didn't have the Lamaru sisters out there. And Team USA is getting older, mostly the same roster. They are aging. So I I suspect that we're going to see a lot of turnover on the women's team, both on the player side and on the coaching side as well. They'll remember this one. So there you go. All right. Uh, Once again, thanks for making Locked on Ducks your first listen every day. And please make sure to check out Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked on NHL. This is a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. And this is hosted by one of my favorite people, Erica Ayala, who is out there in Beijing for the Winter Olympics. She's covering all of women's hockey. So definitely check out Olympic Hockey Daily, presented by 
Locked On NHL. And you can find that on the Locked On NHL podcast free. And that's free and available wherever you get podcasts as well as this show. So, yeah, check out Locked On NHL for Olympic Hockey, Western Conference Wednesdays with Sarah Avampato and Jess Balmasto. Yeah, so make that your second listen of the day. Thank you all once again for listening. Uh, Please don't forget that this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, whatever you listen to. I'm on Twitter at StimpyJD, and the show's Twitter is at LO underscore Ducks. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support and listening. It is greatly, greatly appreciated. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a good evening, have a good rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there, be kind to one another, and ducks fly together.